Hello, this is Keith James, writer and host of Gus Bibliowitz, Basketball Legend. If you like this show, you will love my new book, Greg Maxwell's Inferno, coming out August 10th, 2021, through Humorous Books in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Follow me or Humorous Books on Instagram or Twitter to get more updates on the book. I'll also be putting up Chapter 1 on this feed, so keep your eyes peeled, my little bad boys. And as always, like, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends. Hello, and welcome to the Gus Biblowitz Basketball Legend audio series. This is the first episode. I'm so excited for everyone to hear it. My name is Keith James. I am the author and narrator for this story. Uh, If you like this story after listening to it, please uh, give a review, give us five stars, like it, subscribe to it, do whatever you need to do on whatever platform you are listening to it. It is very much appreciated. And without further ado, let's hear the first episode of Gus Biblowitz, Basketball Legend. Dr. Media Ruiz looks at my face right where my eyes are. You have gout. His ancient Latino eyes don't blink. He runs his hands across my bare gout foot. The man touches feet like a skilled pervert, but the pain is almost unbearable. I don't know whether to come or cry, so I half-ass both. Even though this is a children's hospital, this is one of the worst-case scenarios of gout I have ever seen. Doc always tells me straight. Wow. I lean back on the wax paper bench. It makes a good crinkle. I lean too far back and slip off the bench. I try and make it look like I was sliding into a hamstring stretch, but I've been coming to this place for far too long to pull that kind of shit. This time, I full-ass cry. The ground feels cold. Cold like my fucking heart. My cries echo through the room, the open doors, the hallway. Although this is a Spanish-speaking primary care office, the tears of a man go beyond language. The doc doesn't know how this is possible, and I get it. I'm a professional basketball player, five-time MVP. I'm known in most continental U.S. regions as a guy who fucks good and long and can hoop with the best of them. How can you have gout? Doesn't basketball require you to run? Practice? I can't answer this question. I am not a doctor. I'm a professional basketball player. Like I said. Dr. Media Ruiz tells me to put my pants back on. I never had to take them off, he says. He asks me what I eat and drink on a daily basis. (laughs) Bottle service and Texas-style brisket every night. He says... Okay, why did you say a few minutes ago that you have never drank and are a vegan? 
I say that I lied, and I always lie to people I don't respect. I reach for his heaving breasts and clap them together with full force. They make a loud crack. He says that he can't hear anything and falls to the floor. I leave in a wheelchair because I have gout. I wheel outside the office. I ditch the wheelchair into moving traffic. Now I'm standing on the corner of 8th and Broadway in San Diego, California. It smells like salt water and unwiped assholes. <laughs> My hometown. Hometown kid playing for his hometown San Diego Supersonics. My throbbing foot reminds me that I don't have many years left. My games played per season are getting less every year. Can't stay on the court. I can't shake STDs like I used to. My piss smells like cheddar cheese and comes out like feta. I can't run around picks and drive to the basket because my testicles have become so swollen from fucking. Now this gout shit. I watch two guys suck each other off for two nickels and a cup of coffee. I take in the morning air. You're not in the ground yet, Gus. You're still alive. I hotwire a bird scooter to the local YMCA in southeast San Diego. I like to use their showers and locker rooms to bathe and sleep because I am currently homeless. To be clear, I have a home. Nice home. Huge. Classic NBA baller home. But after the all-star break, everything changed. I lost my keys and phone. I also lost my friends and support system. A big, juicy entourage. Gone. Well, not gone. They are at my house. They live in my house. And I didn't lose my keys and phone. They were taken from me. I never thought it was going to be me. But I was the victim of the first Les Mis-style coup in NBA entourage history. My boys had enough of me, which I get. I'm a lot. I expect a lot. If you want to run in my circles, you need to be willing to endure sweatshop-like conditions because part of being in my crew means you work in my sweatshop that I manage. Every NBA player has a side hustle. Some make music, some make movies. I decided that my thing would be to manufacture my own sneakers and clothing at rock-bottom prices and completely dismantle the retail industry surrounding professional sports. <laughs> I was told it could never work. They'd say, Gus... You can only exploit the labor of people in China and Vietnam. Americans will never work for 15 cents a day. <laughs> Fuck off. I got some of the most loyal people by my side at all times. If I asked, they would climb out of my infinity pool and work for 10 cents a day to make sure I was happy and fulfilling my dreams. And for a while, that was the case. We made low-quality shoes, slapped my brand on them, and I made money hand over fist. I got a pretty smart idea to not only slap my brand on them, but the brands of other people. LeBrons, Kyries. Kids are so fucking stupid, you could just sharpie their names onto the sneakers and they'll eat that shit up. Nike lost their marbles, but I didn't give a fuck. They'd be dead in a week because my guys were pushing out product hard. We lost a lot of good guys to death and injury, but I don't know. If you look at the end of something and it's good, then the means that got you there are kind of justified, right? Also, I was still feeding everyone. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. You had a room to sleep. 
with other people who were enduring the same conditions as you. I have multiple things around my house that I consider toilets that you can use. That's more than most tech companies, for Christ's sake. But I don't know. Maybe I added too many millennials to my crew. Whatever it was, something snapped. It was that all-star weekend in Charlotte where they staged their attack. I was in every event and also hosting every single party. The league openly said I was making a mockery of the sport. First, I should have never been voted into the all-star game. Even I will concede that my best days are behind me. Forget on-court production. At this point, I'm having difficulty remembering when our games are. The Sonics were nice enough to get me a refrigerator magnet with all the games, but the font is so fucking small it's practically pointless. If I can get to the game on time, I need two assistants to help me get into my leggings and tuck my love handles into my basketball shorts. At that point, I'm so tired and angry that I need to sleep the first half or I'll cry on the bench. The NBA season's a grind, but we're warriors, you know? But I got voted into the all-star starting lineup by the fans and the media. Of course, the league doesn't buy the voting results. For the fans, the league points to the fact that for the past few years, I've been doing this thing where I grab a mic at halftime and threaten to kill myself if everybody doesn't vote for me. But I'm like, hey, they still have a choice. The media vote is a little harder to maintain innocence. Every year, I pay some guys on Craigslist to catfish media members into giving me their vote. Everyone freaks out, but I'm like, the profiles say that they are underage, so why are you even messing with them, all right? I don't know why we protect these perverts, but whatever, I'm an all-star. My crew knew that I was going hard at all the parties and all the events. Could be my last all-star weekend, I say. I mean, that's what I always say as an excuse for why I'm already drunk on the plane. I spent the weekend drinking and fucking and winning the three-point contest. I played three quarters of an all-star game until I realized I was actually outside shooting rocks at a dumpster while four security guards tried to put my underwear on. Dick like this? No wonder it took three quarters. I told my crew that I wasn't paying for a hotel. There's no point in paying for a hotel in any NBA city because at no point do you need to be in a bed. There's always something to do in Charlotte. Looking back, if there was any time to validate the feelings of my crew that they had against me, it was when I forced all 50 of us to wander the streets of Charlotte without any food or water for 48 hours. I made my own bet on that one, but I'm a leader and I'm willing to take my lumps. Mea culpa. And if you're talking about taking lumps, motherfucker did I. Fast forward to the dunk contest. My first two dunks were a layup and a poem I memorized. I don't jump unless I absolutely have to. My third dunk was going to be me lining up all 50 people of my entourage, and they would carry my limp body over their heads and lift me up to the hoop Broadway musical style. But that didn't happen. Instead, they all charged me at half court and stabbed me. The first thing I noticed was the cheering, which hurt my feelings. Then I noticed all the players sitting courtside taking it in. All the kids these days have their phones. They were getting all their social media content. Tonight's Twitter star, Gus Biblowitz and his 50 so-called friends, stabbing him at center court. At some point, I reach for help, but the only person who offers any assistance is Carl Anthony Towns. I shoo him away because, I don't know, 
I feel like he would make a big deal out of saving me. But yeah, a bleeding out like a pig. Eventually, they stop. I refuse to get airlifted to anywhere but San Diego. Cross-country trip in a helicopter, but we make it. They patch me up and kick me out onto the street, but I got nowhere to go. I guess I was too distracted by the stabbing to realize they took all my belongings. So I limped around San Diego until I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went back to the doctors. They do the blood work and find out about the gout thing. And like a snake eating its own asshole, we are right back to where we started. I make it to the YMCA. I get in a 40-minute shower. Took a lot of quarters, but I have folds of skin that need extra care. That's what 29 years in the NBA will do to you. A lot of people, mainly mental health professionals, say that this is not true and that other things have led to my morbid obesity. But man, 29 years. Time flies. The league would have liked that number to be a whole lot lower. A lot of lawsuits. A lot of seasons I had to miss because I was banned for some stupid reason or another. If you put a gun to my head, I'd probably admit that none of the reasons were stupid and I deserved all of them, but if you're going to pay basketball players a lot of money, don't be surprised when we hire good lawyers. Got back in the league, got reparations, got the last commissioner thrown in prison. Good guy, but hey, I love the game more than anyone. 29 years, a lot of tough years, exactly five good years. People claim that they happened during years that I needed a new contract, but I don't buy that. It is irrefutable evidence, they say. Ah, shut the fuck up. Then I say something like, you don't understand the game if you've never played, and then I punch a wall really hard. Five MVPs. No rings. Not even close. Never made the playoffs. A towel off. I find some clothes in a locker room and shove them over my body. I'm a fat mess. By the time I get some sweatpants on, I'm sweaty again. My gout foot throbs. Some kid pops in the locker room entrance. Good build. Maybe played college ball. Maybe drafted in the lottery. Maybe played a couple years in the pros. In fact, I look closer and realize it was Harrison Barnes of the Sacramento Kings. I don't know why he's at a YMCA in southeast San Diego, but everyone is a complicated three-dimensional person, baby. Hey, Gus, we're trying to run fives. Can you go? I look down at my feet. I'm still wearing my blood-stained bib 19s from the slam dunk contest. A tough break from an otherwise fun weekend. But blood-stained or not, I got shoes. And if you have shoes, you can ball. So I ball. I say yeah to Harrison, and I follow him out to the court. Five at rec leagues is tough. The game is less controlled, less athletic. More people stand near the rim. I'm seven foot three. That's where I stand. There's also a lot of iso ball. Fives at rec is a different game than the pros, so I treat it differently. I don't set screens. I don't rebound. I don't play defense. I stay under the basket I'm supposed to score on and scream for the ball at the top of my lungs. <laughs> when you say it out loud, it sounds exactly like what I do in professional basketball games. Well... Regardless of the differences or the similarities, the game is about alphas and betas. I'm an alpha, so we could be playing one-on-one -on -one or ten-on-ten -ten for some Saudi prince, and I'm going to get the same fucking alpha. Being an alpha means you set the tone. The tone does not get set for you. I get to my spot on the court and wait. 
Don't need to meet my team or high-five strangers and say I'm happy to be here. Is a lion happy in the wild when he fucks a zebra? No, it's just what lions do. And I'm a basketball player, and I'm seeing a whole lot of zebras. Man, I think I lost a lot of blood when I was stabbed. Other team takes the ball out, goes right by me. That's fine, because I wasn't planning on guarding anyone. I'm under my ring, like I said. Some guy bricks a three. Actually, it was Harrison Barnes who bricks the three. The guys on the court say Harrison Barnes and I needed to be on separate teams because we're both NBA stars. Harrison and I both said, stars? At the same time, in an attempt to insult each other. It made us both sad. Ball comes down the court. My point guard looks like a slimy little fuck. He keeps calling up for screens, but I got no candy for him. Just give me the rock so I can abuse the 14-year-old on my hip. I feel drool dribbling down my chin. I want the rock so fucking bad I feel pre-cum staining up my sweatpants. It takes a while for me to get on the court, and sometimes I don't show up when I'm supposed to or at all. But when I'm here, I love it. When that feeling goes away, I'll leave. I'll leave forever. I'll fucking kill myself in the Japanese forest I've heard so much about. I'm screaming at this asshole for the ball. He's just pounding it into the ground. I've seen every type of Rondo, Chris Paul type that wants to hold the ball like an overprotective boyfriend, and I've never gelled with them. It's like, don't be that way. Let me have sex with your girlfriend. Also, pass me the ball. The janitor starts yelling out a shot clock countdown to give mercy to us all. It gets down to two seconds when this guy hooks up a three from 30 feet out. It slaps the top of the backboard and bounces out of bounds. I call timeout. I walk over to my point guard and put my hands around his throat. I squeeze until I feel his spine. I scream at him. You pass me the ball every time you come down the corner, I'll take your life. He tries to nod, but my hands are too big. Everyone on the court is getting all hysterical because they think I might kill this guy. I've played professional basketball for 29 years. I know when someone's close to dying. I let go. He gets the message. And because he gets the message, I get buckets. The 14-year-old guarding me only comes up to my elbow. Seems like a nice kid. But you can be Mother Teresa and I'll still bow you in the fucking head to get position. I get the ball and work the same magic. One dribble, pivot, rake his head with my forearm, open bank shot from five feet away. I put my hands on my testicles and tell him I'm going to break into his house and abuse his father. He's wiping away tears after every point. Basketball is a cruel bitch. We win every game 11-0. After five games, no one wants to play anymore. I want to keep playing. Not because I want to play basketball, but because my gout foot has taken up my entire shoe and I don't think it's going to come off. I invite Harrison Barnes to give me a ride to Point Loma so we can go to a bar and maybe play some laser tag. I got a game tonight. Against you. Aren't you going to the game? Maybe, I say. I got Shabbat tonight. If we can get through dinner fast enough, I could shoot down for the last quarter. Shit, Harrison Barnes seems bummed. I miss our battles, man. They were epic. I very quickly remind Harrison Barnes that nothing associated with him could be considered epic. He cries and runs away. There I go again, destroying friendships in their early stages. I head outside to hotwire another scooter. Within minutes, 
I'm heading down Imperial Ave, finding a way to cut north so I can get to Point Loma and black out before Shabbat dinner. That was episode one of Gus Biblowitz Basketball Legend. If you liked it, please stay tuned next week for episode two. Um, if you really liked it, give a, again, give a five-star review, subscribe, thumbs up, upvote, vote yes on Gus. Do whatever you need to do to make sure that we can stick around and keep keep telling this fun story. All right, till next week.